What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 94 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this time I'm joined by both Ash Polson and Tom Arnold, who, uh, now that you're as part of our Discord and unfortunately been laid off, hey, you have way more time for the podcast. Sweet. <laughs> so there's an upside, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, it didn't help that my old job was, uh, it started later in the day and ended like when you normally record too, but... Uh, yeah, there's always a upside to everything. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I don't think there's an upside to Donald Trump. There's always sometimes. I love that. <laughs> always sometimes. sometimes. Today, yeah, we meet for the first time for the last time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. How's your week been, uh, Ash? It's been okay. Just, uh, you know, staying the course and working and gaming. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology for a review discussion we actually just recorded. So that's exciting. Um, I've been playing that as much as possible. And uh, what else? Not really a whole lot else on the gaming front, uh, just because I've really been trying to focus on playing that as much as I could to prepare. Um, I have been playing a little bit of SteamWorld Dig 1 on Switch and making a little bit little bit of progress in that and having a good time. Um, and, of course, I saw Black Panther last night, and it was phenomenal. It was so yeah. good. I really I, enjoyed it. Like, Did you get the chance to see it yet, Tom? Oh, I haven't got to see it just yet, but uh, hopefully at some point pretty soon. Yeah. Feel free I, to talk about spoilers. Yeah, no, we, we won't talk about spoilers just because it's in its opening weekend, so we don't want to yeah. say anything too closely. Honestly, I I got out of that movie as like, man, I would have killed to see this with uh, your wife, Ash, <laughs> just because I've loved oh, no. to see her reactions. Oh, yeah, we, we I saw it with her and a bunch of our friends, but mostly her group of friends, and it was great. And I, I wore my traditional uh, Nigerian wedding attire uh, to mm-hmm. go with her, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, we really, we, you know, she dressed up, I dressed up, and we really made it a, made a whole night of it. And, uh, yeah, it was just so much fun, and it was, what a fantastic movie, and uh, ca- cathartic as hell. One of the most mm. cathartic movies I've ever seen, given the current political situation in the U.S., and just uh, it's it's fantastic, and I had a great time. Uh, despite that, I mean, aside from the catharsis, it's just a fantastic movie and an easy top three Marvel movie, top two even. I think it's right up there with Winter Soldier and Civil War, personally. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. really good. It's like I know there's a lot of like a lot of people say Marvel gets a little too goofy. This is not really a goofy Marvel movie. Things are taken pretty seriously. There's still jokes. There's still levity. There's like, there's a really great uh, joke in the middle of the um, car chase uh, with it. Oh. And I like, I, I, I cracked up when I saw that. And I also, God, I love Andy circus in this movie. <laughs> he is having so much fun. Andy circus cool. is a treasure. No matter what he's in, he is an absolute treasure. And, he, he and, I mean, every one of that movie was just so fantastic. I have to give uh, special shout-outs to Lupita Nyong'o, because she was amazing. She was so good. And She was the general, correct? No, that was, I have to look up her note, but I'm talking about uh, his, uh, his, the love his ex. Okay, the love interest, got it. Yeah, the love interest, yeah. And she, yeah, was, she was so good. Yeah, she was really good. And then, I, I, honestly, my favorite character was the general. Like, she was amazing you know in every scene. I think she might have been mine too. I wasn't expecting her to be because I like I'm uh, my wife and I both are big fans of Lupita Nyong'o and I thought she was great. But I gotta say she might be my favorite too. And I just looked it up. Her name is Danai Gurira. I don't know how to say it, but she also mm-hmm. is in uh, The Walking Dead apparently. 
Oh, okay. She probably yeah. plays Michonne. If I yeah, guess. she plays Michonne in The Walking Dead, and I, I didn't realize they were the same actress, but she might low-key have been my favorite character, too. She was awesome. Oh, yeah. Just commanding presence every time. And, yeah. like, like, it almost makes you think, like, why the hell isn't she Black Panther? Because, holy crap. <laughs> She, like, the stuff she does, and again, uh, one of the great moments at the end of the movie, uh, during the final battle, I think you know which one I'm talking about, where... Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's just just a nice low-key moment there, and then just getting into it otherwise. Like, there's... I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie, is that there's so many great characters. Like, Black Panther himself is interesting. You know what you're getting into. He's, he's a very... He's a very good character. But that supporting cast, holy crap! They're just, like his little sister is great, the general is great, his girlfriend is great. Um, it's like really good stuff, and uh, even Forrest Whitaker in there having a nice, uh, solid role, and Michael B. Jordan kills it. <laughs> he really does. I mean, I got a special shout outs to his character because he plays the villain Killmonger, and no spoilers, of course, but. The whole time I found myself like really, I mean, those are the best kinds of villains, the ones you can sympathize with. And I'm like, you know, I can't really blame him for being as upset as he is. So, yeah, I mean, props to Black Panther for giving us a a villain that was so relatable. And so just, you know, you felt bad for the guy. Oh, yeah. And just from top to bottom, just with everything he went through and the scenes that they give him that really get that get at that emotional core and even his final scene, like, holy crap, that final scene, that one oh line that he God. gives. I'm just I know like, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just like, wow. That that one, yeah. That cuts deep. And uh, I like, beautiful way to go out on. Uh, just really, I, I, I love that moment. And I was actually talked a little bit, little bit uh, with some call me Johnny on Twitter because he said he actually um, – tear it up at the movie and I asked him which part and he said that one the one I'm you know the the line and the scene that I'm talking about yeah that's that that hit him hard and I'm like yep. yeah I get you I totally too. get you yeah that that hit me hard and there was one part in right around the middle of the movie that I won't spoil that also hit me but uh but either way yeah that that line you're talking about definitely brought on the uh the waterworks for me as well and I gotta say that may actually be like my favorite line in the entire MCU. That one line was so powerful mm. and so good. I mean, of course, I'd have to go back and watch them to see, but like, I can't think of any other defining moment or many others in other Marvel movies that that have stayed with me like that quote did. I, not offhand, not offhand. Yeah, it's just great. And oh man, his little sister is great too. Like just greeting Martin Freeman is like a uh, colonist. <laughs> you know, oh, so funny. Yeah, like what she called him the colonist, and oh, yeah. So she was a completely unexpected favorite. I, I didn't even go into the movie knowing anything about his little sister, but uh, her name's Shuri, and she was so great. And I, she's was easily one of my favorite characters throughout that movie, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that actress in other movies, you know, obviously other Marvel movies, but just other movies in general, because she's great. Her name's Letitia Wright, and I had not heard of her before this movie. Yeah, I don't think I had, had either, and... Yeah, I uh, I'm down. <laughs> I, I, I can't yeah. wait to see her in more stuff because she just she rocked it, and I, it just it just feels like a real cl- crowd pleaser because um, like there were some big moments for us where people just got really into it in our theater, and I'm sure yours was the same oh, way. Oh yeah, oh 100. And 
I don't know about you, but I am completely convinced at this point that Angela Bassett has found some secret to eternal youth that none, no one else has. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was she her because age. she looks so young. <laughs> right? She doesn't age. I don't understand, but she was so good in this and so regal. Like, oh, man, I could go on about Black Panther forever. This, I loved it so much. Easy recommendation. I want to go see it again. One of my absolute very favorite Marvel movies, like right up there with Winter Soldier. Oh, I believe it. So, yeah. yeah, Tom, you're in for a treat, at least according to us. Andre saw yeah. it. We don't know Andre's full opinions. All we know is that he just he's just not into Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking last night to uh, the friends we went with, and I was talking about how after seeing Avatar, people were talking about how they had Pandora withdrawal. Screw that. I'm having Waka- Wakanda withdrawal. That's where I want to go. <laughs> like, that. What a, like, I just, yeah, I'm like, man, I really wish this version of our world was, like, real, because things are really cool here. So, yeah, Wakanda, how, man, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Ash, uh, Disney does have that Avatar land, so maybe if it doesn't do well in a year or two, it'll be uh, that land. Oh, God, that'd be genius. That, yeah. That's that's way more exciting than an Avatar land. <laughs> Much more, but... Uh, Come on, man. it's got James Cameron. Oh. <laughs> He'll make six more movies eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. It's yeah. Like, hold on, guys, i got to get through my pile of money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gotta hoof it <laughs> I gotta finish counting it first <laughs> yeah perfect yeah. oh man but yeah definitely see the movie if you haven't haven't yet uh, absolutely can't recommend it enough um, just great 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 uh, otherwise um, what have you been up to this past week uh, Tom oh uh, well admittedly I did end up watching a bit of Olympics uh, Sonic 1 uh, <laughs> of course. Um, but I was uh, getting through a lot of Celeste. Uh, I got past Mr. Oshiro, so I think I'm about halfway through a level after that. Uh, very impressed with that game so far. And I've, I've watched a bit of Devilman Crybaby, which we're going to talk about later. And uh, yeah, I just uh, helped get ready some new intro art for something that'll probably be a video well I guess by the time that this podcast might be up but we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll see And uh, that's currently why Andre's not here he's working on another video so um, yeah yeah he's kind of busy at the moment so we'll let him work yeah. while we uh, goof off and talk on the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy things without him so <laughs> yeah and uh well, with Celeste, though, it's funny because um, I think last night when I was playing it, I when I first started, I forgot you can just climb up walls holding down the right trigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Because I, I read a tip about, like, jumping against a wall to conserve energy. So there's these one, there's one tricky part with spikes and wind, and uh, I was just hopping on the walls, and it, it probably took me about 20 times to get past. <laughs> but I can only imagine how easy it would be if I just remembered to grab onto the wall and jump across but oh well i got past you. hey you did nice. it the hard way that means you're even better yeah made Celeste everything else easier i i, need I, to play I think that. i'm a little yeah you haven't played it yet no i haven't i think i'm a little ahead of you uh tom i had to kind of drop it for a bit because just work and i think uh, then i got uh dandara into review as yeah. well as rating historia so i still got to go back to it but i'm a little ahead of you and it's great. I think the, the only thing I don't like about it is that it sometimes feels at odds with itself in the sense that it's such a story-driven game and you want to see what happens 
in it that yeah. like about, like about halfway through I stopped going for those strawberries because the game tells you outright they're only for bragging rights they don't unlock anything and so after a while I'm like well these are just distractions I don't care about these I want to go see what happens in the story yeah I've had a few <laughs> strawberries like that where I see it and just like uh, yeah. screw it and just go on <laughs> yeah. like no that is not worth my time to get that strawberry because Madeline is such a relatable character, and I love the way they portray her issues with anxiety and panic attacks. It's such a, an accurate portrayal, and uh, I just uh, I, I love that aspect of the story, and I'm really in it for her. I'm not really in it for the, the collectibles, you know? Mm. Yeah, It's one of those things you can go back and collect later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I have to say, Derek, uh, talking about story-driven platformers reminds me that I, I actually may pick up Owlboy later tonight and start that, because oh, okay. I have just been so excited for it ever since I got to play it at a recent preview event, and as you said before I even had heard of it, it, you knew it was the kind of game that would probably appeal to me, and it very much did, so I really want to get in get into that. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's uh, it's an inter- it's an interesting one. Um, I, uh, they, you know, did a Game & Watch for it, and it's... It, it plays very well on the Switch. Like, it's such a relief to play that game on a console rather than on my PC. Just because yeah. I'm much more of a console gamer, so I can get comfy, I can have it on a nice big screen. I'm in good shape. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, I, I did completely forget to bring this up, but I have actually, I feel the same way, because I've been kind of on and off nursing a playthrough of Undertale, which I never actually played on Steam, but I was so happy that they finally released it on console, being PS4, that I picked it up and just kind of been slowly working on it, and uh, I've actually been kind of, like, keeping quiet about it for most of it, because I didn't want to have, like, a lot of people freak out and, like, you know, recommend all these things, and now I'm at a point where I feel like I'm comfortable getting feedback, but uh, it's been a lot of... I, I so prefer playing games on, you know, on the comfort of a television screen, on my sofa with a controller in hand. I just I couldn't play it on PC, but I'm having a good time with it on PS4. That's awesome. Yeah, I I only did the one playthrough of Undertale, but I enjoyed what I played. Um, it was it was interesting. Um, I can definitely yeah. see why it got such a fan base. Uh, my gaming has been kind of all over the place. Like I played a little bit of Owlboy. I played a little bit bit of Bayonetta because we got that and that port is excellent. So it, yeah, definitely pick up Bayonetta if you haven't yet. I uh, been I actually I've tried to play a little bit more of Near because of. Oh, you know, I want to get through that before I'm moving on uh, and just play all that. But it's it's so amazing to me just how much Kirby has been popping up lately. Like, there's so much information coming out for Kirby, like throwing off the boss fight, throwing off more of the stuff, uh, the new powers, everything else like that. Like, I cannot wait for Star Allies. Like, the more they show this game, like, it just once again shows that we're in for another treat after Planet Robobot. And I'm so there for that. Me too. I mean, Kirby Star Allies is currently like one of my like top three or four games that I'm most excited about this year. So I'm I'm there day one. I can't wait. I wish I could review it. I mean, I'm super excited about it. So <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I'm claiming this one. <laughs> oh, I know. I already yeah, for sure. Yeah, put that under amazing like four player games or whatever that we wish we could all play at E3, but there won't be time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be a fun one. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh well. Uh, the other thing, I, I I haven't played it yet, but I did pick it up. Uh, I picked up Secret of Mana on PS4. You know what? I really want to, and I was thinking about doing it tonight, but I I don't know. I might have to wait on it, but I really do want to play the remake despite you know some of the negative things I've heard about it. 
I've heard a lot of people be go back and forth. Some are saying it's fine. Some are saying it's just not as good as the original. Uh, yeah, others are being like, they should have updated this, this, and this. And it's just like, it's not quite as good. Not, of course, complaints about the graphics, which I've never had an issue with. Um, and it's one of those things where I like, okay, I can, I can kind of take or leave this game. But if I do get it, I do want a physical version just because of the limited run and be like, you know, that'd be kind of cool to have. And, you know, yeah. the box art is exactly what it was on the SNES, and it's gorgeous, so why not? Um, so I went to GameStop, and I'm like, okay, if they have it, I'll pick it up. If they don't, yeah, I'll probably hold off on it for a while. And they had it. <laughs> they, I got the very <laughs> last unpreordered copy. Nice. And uh, I got myself a physical ver- version of it. So I'm, I, what I'm considering now is that maybe after Nier, playing that... Because I think it'd be very interesting for me to go in, in as a newcomer, like somebody who has not played the original, has no basis for the original, and seeing how it stacks up on its own. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but at the same time, I kind of feel like your first time experiencing such a classic should be the better version, or at least what <laughs> seems to be agreed upon to be the better version. So it's hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. There's an argument for what you're saying. I just... Oh, no, man, I, I totally I, yeah. get it. In my mind, it's like, oh, well, I go back and play the original i'll see why it's so yeah. much better that sort of thing well i will say this from what i've i have sampled some of the the remixed soundtrack rearranged soundtrack and it truly at least from what i've heard it truly is as awful as people have been saying so i do recommend at least if you're gonna make that your first time playing secret of mana at least play with the original soundtrack because in every case i've heard the original is like a hundred million times i don't know what they were thinking with some of these rearrangements i mm-hmm. i don't get it yeah i mean at least you can pick the original soundtrack yeah, I, I love that they they included that option. So I most likely will be switching back and forth just to kind of sample all the new songs, but or the new arrangements. But ultimately, I think I'm very much going to prefer the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean soundtrack that is. I won't get to it right away, but it's something I want to take a look at and just see how I feel. And yeah, you know, I Me I mean, I, I have Secret of Mana now thanks to the SNES classic. So we'll see what happens. Right. And I'm in agreement with you, by the way. I have never had a problem with the the graphics or the art style. In fact, I think they're it really is a nice kind of update to what Secret of Mana looked like. So, yeah, I had no problems with that aspect of it personally. Mm-hmm. Have you played the original Secret of Mana, Tom? No, I haven't played that one yet. Because um, you know, I'm kind of missing out on the Super Nintendo era a lot. Yeah, same here. Uh, so that's okay. definitely one I'd like to get through at one point. You know, I always hear about it. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. And hey, this I is the best it, way to play three-player because you can't do it on SNES Classic. Right. Yeah. I just I was, I was wish it had online. I mean, I can see why it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I can see why they didn't bother. But at the same time, it would have been so fun to party up with friends and play this game online. Yeah, man. If, if, it, if it had online, I'd totally play through the game with you. Oh, yeah. Me too. It'd be so fun. Ah, damn, that sucks. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, well. Yeah, way it goes. But, uh, well... Let's go ahead and get to our news topics this week. We're going to keep the podcast a little bit shorter just because of other stuff going on and we want to get to that. So we're going to keep it a little short, get through these. Uh, So let's go ahead and jump into our news topics this week. And uh, first up, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 New Game Plus update has been delayed about two weeks to March 2nd uh, because they discovered a bug in the update and they wanted to get rid of that before they actually release it, which I I appreciate. That's That's a good thing. Uh, I'm glad yeah. they've taken that time because here's the thing: this patch is freaking huge. <laughs> I it it is adding so freaking much to this game as far as a new game plus. Like it's not just there's some functionality stuff that you can get as in the uh, 
general update as well. But as far as New Game Plus, you're getting new blades. You're getting um, options that you didn't have in the original. Uh, it's, it's It really does seem like a great way to replay the game if you've already played through it and just have a lot of fun with it. Uh, like, it is, like, if I... Like, I love the game, but I don't know if I'm willing to throw myself back into this huge RPG again where there's so much else to play. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever do a new game plus, but I appreciate that they're taking the time for it, you know? How many yeah. hours did it take you to beat that game to begin with? I, I, about 95. <laughs> Jesus. That's so... In- I want to play that game so much, Derek, but that's so intimidating to hear. It's so intimidating. Mm. Like uh, you could chip but, away at yeah. it and get through it eventually. Like it, yeah. it, it, it rewards you enough as you play that you'll uh, you you'll you'll still have fun with each session. It's not like oh, I gotta yeah. get through all of this, but no, there's enough that you can accomplish to just keep things moving. And uh, yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> but I I completely well, understand yeah. being just not having the time. Well, one thing I do like about, you know, the fact that they're they're patching it and updating it, I feel like, you know, if and when I do finally get around to playing it, I feel like I'm going to I'm setting myself up for having like the opposite experience that I had with Final Fantasy 15 because people coming into that game a year late now get to play like the Royal Edition or at least have the benefit of various quality of life and free updates that have really made the game much better than it was at launch. And that's kind of what's happening here at Xenoblade. I'm hearing that a lot of the quality of life fixes are things that fans were really clamoring for. So, I feel like once I do get around to it that I'm going to have the benefit of having an overall you know, more smooth, an overall smoother experience than there was at launch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there was definitely some quality of life stuff that was like, really guys, you didn't do this. <laughs> that is there now. And it's, it makes it for, for a better game. I still enjoy my time. I obviously loved my time with it, but right. those quirks did pile, pile up as time went on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, I guess we'll move on since, uh, neither of you two have really played Xenoblade before. <laughs> Um, this one's a little bit more down your alley, though, Ash. The Australian uh, right. Classification Board has indicated that the Mega Man X Collection will be collections and, and will be split <laughs> into two sets. Uh, so most people are assuming it's going to be Mega Man X uh, 1 through 4, then uh, 5 through 6, or 5 through 8. Although I actually have the assumption that we might get Mega Man um, X1 through X6. In the first That's possible. Package, just because X uh, seven and eight are so much bigger. Yeah, well, yeah. they are and they're not. I mean, X seven. It's. I mean, I don't know how mm, X seven such a bad game. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, it is so bad that I don't know if you can call it a bigger game than anything by any means. But I, I know what you mean, and I don't know how they split that up because, unfortunately, and I say this as a hardcore fan, you know, Mega Man X does have the problem of really dropping in quality after four so mm. you know if they split them down the middle then you've got an x collection one that is has way more inherent value with x1 through x4 than x5 through x8 would so you know x and x8's a pretty good game i actually liked x8 but six and seven are so bad mm-hmm. that i just don't know and five is just okay so i'm like i don't know how they can split these up in an ideal way you know e- even in odd numbers <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's true. Even in odd numbers. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually just kind of surprised they're doing it at all. I really thought it would just be kind of one collection, and it's kind of weird because we didn't hear about Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 until well after Legacy Collection 1 came out. So mm-hmm. it's kind of strange that we're hearing about both, I guess, 
purported X Legacy collections at the same time, which kind of makes me wonder if maybe we haven't gotten the whole story yet. That, I mean, I can actually see them doing, like, options for people where maybe you can get the X one the X collection where it's the first four games or get the X2 collection if you want to get the rest of those games or just get them all combined and get it all in one big set. I wonder yeah. if that might be a thing they do. It still, again, places more inherent value on the first half. And even if you've split down the middle, as you said, like out of that you get an okay game with five and a pretty good game with eight and then crap games with six and seven. So Yeah. Eesh. Although it is still better than, I mean, it's it's better probably than releasing these individually, which I think was kind of the original, what people originally thought might happen, because, I mean, honestly, I don't know how you could possibly price X7 at anything more than, like, a dollar and have it be worth it. I mean, it's, it's so bad, you guys. So oh, I no, don't, you no. Know, it's, I, I mean, they might as well just burn it to the ground. Yeah, burn it, exactly. <laughs> burn it to the ground. I just, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with this and, and seeing how they do split it up because, yeah, you know, they're, the, the quality from game to game in Mega Man X really does jump around a lot after 4. Mm-hmm. Have you played much X, Tom? Uh, I played some of the earlier ones a long time ago, and I think I had one of the PlayStation ones when people, when PlayStation was still a current console so it's been a while <laughs> man i hope you yeah. still have that that probably is worth something because those x games on playstation are kind of rare well uh it may be in my uh, parents attic so i will take a look next time i'm up there fighting bats or <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and watching out for nails coming through the roof from the roof. <laughs> oh god, I'm I'm very familiar with that. Like I always had to make sure not to like stub my foot and like jam my head up and not get a nail in my head or something like that. That was always like a yeah, kind of a fear in wow. an attic. Or step this through is the something drywall. Yeah, I can't relate to this. I mean, my my parents had an attic and I mean the house they're in now, but we go in it so rarely and I we never have had a reason really to go in it. I think I've been up there once, so this is not something I can relate to. That's where we stored our uh, Christmas decorations. So I'd go up in the oh, ladder okay. and pull stuff down for all of us and you have to just make sure to uh, not step in between because you'll fall right through the roof. And Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a balancing act. Right. Going uh, one up that we step, we uh, store winter tires up there too. Oh, I remember yeah. one time... <laughs> When my dad was away, and I think my brother was weightlifting on the deck near the garage, and he like brought, he was doing like a bench press, and he, when he was done, the, there was so much uh, shaking that one of the tires came down and went through the drywall, the ceiling, or whatever. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I was like, what was that? It's like, that's oh, it's awful. Tire. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, no one was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right? <laughs> yeah. just like when Chevy Chase went through the ceiling in um, Winter Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with the X Collection. I mean, the thing is, honestly, I've already sort of de- uh, decided I'm going to buy all the collections when they hit Switch. Yeah. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I don't know. I'm going to do it. Why not? It, it, yeah. it, well, of course. It, yeah. it says something that just have all the entirety of Mega Man uh, original and X on a single console. Like, that's kind of cool. 
Oh, I love the idea. Like, I love the idea of having, like, Mega Man 1 through eventually 11 and X through X8 all on one console, especially digitally. Like, normally I don't, you know, I go for physical releases, but I do love the idea of having the all those games on my Switch at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now you, now you got to do a playthrough of uh, X7, Ash. Hey, you know what? If maybe maybe it'll happen, that could be a really fun you know playthrough just to watch me suffer through. That would be, yeah. I mean, it would be fun just to stream the whole series actually, since these games are finally going to be available on Switch. So that could be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you know how this goes, and I do hope that uh, however they do it, I hope they release it in a way that is going to make people want to pick them both up because you know they've been saying in the interviews about Mega Man 11 that. We the future is is open now. We could get a new X game. We could get new whatever if the sales are there. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Well, save X seven maybe for a charity stream or something. <laughs> yeah. Make them suffer. All right. Well, the next bit of news we got are there's rumors have surfaced of a Spyro trilogy remaster in the same vein as the uh, Crash Bandicoot and Sane trilogy, which a lot of people were hoping for. Uh, this one uh, comes from uh, Kotaku UK, specifically Laura Kate Dale, and she apparently has multiple sources that say this. So, uh, you know, Kotaku must be pretty faithful in it if they're running this idea. Um, uh, she says it's supposed to be under development by Vic- Vicarious Visions, who they're who are also the ones that handled the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and it would so- um, launch sometime in September of this year to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the series. So, yeah. Uh, it's going to... Oh, finally, it's also going to remain exclusive on the PS4 for a year. So, that makes sense. No big deal there. Um, yeah. I can't wait. I hope this is true so much. Because I've always been a bigger Spyro fan than a Crash fan. Like, I love Crash, but Spyro was always kind of my jam. Uh, growing up and just playing through his games and enjoying what they had there. And yeah, as soon as as soon as Crash Bandicoot came out, I was like, "All right, come on, make it happen for Spyro. I need this to happen." And if it's happening, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm excited about this too because I actually, you know, beyond playing a bit of the first game and I, which I really liked, I never really got a chance to get into Spyro back when it was, you know, you know, in the PS1 days, and I kind of always regretted that. So, and and I kind of always just felt a more, I don't know, I can't explain why because I haven't played them that much, but. I'm just more into Spyro as a character aesthetically and just as an idea than I am Crash. I just don't... I'm sorry. I don't like Crash. I don't know why. I I just don't... He annoys me. Something about him just bugs me, but Spyro doesn't. I love his design. I've always wanted to play all those games, so this might be a really good chance to do that, if if it's real, of course. Mm. Did you play him Oh, me? Yeah. I missed missed out on Spyro, unfortunately. So Mm. it'll be interesting to see when this comes out, like, if it's, do you think it will still hold up um, after all these years? I I think yeah I think it has a it can definitely hold up. These are classic platformers done by um, Insomniac, and of course Insomniac went on to do amazing things yeah. with uh, Ratchet and Clank, and I, the newest game is going to be um, with as uh, the newest Spider-Man. game is going to be Spider Man, yeah. And I mean I remember these games being just a lot of fun like they you know they're definitely collectathons and in the same vein of 3d platformers but especially the later games they find ways to change up the gameplay so much and keep you entertained and having crazy different characters and 
uh, just this great, I remember it being a pretty good sense of humor about things. And I just remember getting lost in those worlds and really enjoying what they were all about. And there's a, there's a nice bit of nostalgia for me because I remember when I first got my PlayStation and it came with a demo disc showing off available games, this Aspire of the Dragon demo was on there as well. So I played it and I played the heck out of that demo because I was just so absorbed into it. It's like, man, I need to get this game. And eventually I did and got the entire trilogy. So revisiting them, yeah, I'm totally down for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to say with that crash being annoying, maybe it's uh, roots back to that commercial where he's egging on uh, Mario at Nintendo headquarters with the uh, megaphone. Just how he's. <laughs> Like the walking mascot, just his shape in general. Those were great commercials, actually. Yeah, I think my favorite part of Crash was actually the commercials. They they were just so douchey. They were great. (laughs) I I still remember it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they stick in your head. I still remember the the Spyro commercials. It was all about um, sheep uh, protesting against Spyro because he kept burning them because that's how you got health. (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, eh, good times. Back in the 90s when you got all those edgy commercials. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, this one, this next bit of news I've already talked about, so I'm getting, I'm more interested in you getting you guys' opinions because Monsters, Inc. has been confirmed for Kingdom Hearts 3 along with brand new trailer, new, you finally get to see the, hear the theme song and whatnot. And like I said, I already did a discussion with uh, Some Call Me Johnny and Ant Dude, but unfortunately, Ash, you were... uh, Unavailable when that was going on, so we didn't have you on, which sucked. So, what'd you think of these trailers? Oh my, my heart is just a flutter thinking about them. Oh my god, I, I'm so excited. <laughs> my hype is just ridiculously through the roof, astronomically. I, I can't even explain how hyped I am. The, I'm not the biggest fan of Monsters Inc., but I also don't dislike it. I'm fine with that you know, world being included. But just more, more than that, just the trailer, like the the, the big Monsters Inc. trailer. It's looking so good, and the story beats, and that part at the end with Sora and Vanitas, and they're having their little standoff, and Sora swats Vanitas' hand away. Oh, God! I'm <laughs> so excited for this game to finally come out, and it actually does feel like 2018 may actually happen. It's starting to feel like that, so I cannot tell you. I, well, I don't have to tell you, Derek, because you are just <laughs> as a big Kingdom Hearts fan as I am, but, oh, God, I'm so excited. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know with Vanitas being back, we're probably going to have Unversed. Yep, I was thinking that. Yep. I was definitely thinking that. I, and, I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited about, about the idea of Sora having to fight, fight off Heartless, Unversed, and Nobodies at the same time. Oh, yeah. No, I am too. And uh, I really like Riku's new design. I think he's looking really cool. I still think, I still prefer Sora's new Kingdom Hearts 3 design, but I think they both look really cool. And, uh,. I, I'll, I'll be honest and say that upon first listen, I wasn't terribly fond of the new theme song, but I also don't think those trailers were, or that song trailer was necessarily the best way to introduce them. I feel like it was kind of an awkward half step to introduce a new song, and mm-hmm. I, I'll say I went back and listened to it again, and I listened to the Japanese version, and it started growing on me. I just not, I'm not quite sure yet, but you know, it's I, I'm, I am looking forward to hearing the full version. It's growing on me as well because it didn't quite click right off the bat, but the more you listen to it, the more you kind of get into it. And I think it would help to actually have the opening visuals. I also think um, this is the more somber version that we'll probably play at the end of the game rather than the more up-tempo version they always have. 
at the beginning. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to how, how much of a difference will be there. But it's also just great to have actually finally have a new theme song for this damn series. I know, right? <laughs> We've had this Simple and Clean in Sanctuary for so long. And Simple, Simple and Clean was just... Sanctuary couldn't supplant Simple and Clean. It was just always right. there. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm so there. I, did you get a chance to listen to our discussion at all? I'm not sure if you had No, a I wish I, I didn't, unfortunately. Johnny had an idea that made... Like, I was listening to him give the idea, and I got goosebumps during it. Like, honest to God. Okay. And he was like, he wants something... He wants, like... He's not as into the story as we are. He just never got fully involved in it, just not for him, but he loves the gameplay. Uh-huh. But right. he is totally there for the schlock. Like, let's go nuts with this concept and do all you can with it. Like, the Battle uh-huh. of a Thousand Heartless. And okay. he says he wants to see them top that Battle of a Thousand Heartless by having some sort of final battle where all the Disney characters are actually in the same place at the same time, fighting alongside <laughs> Sora and them, battling against the Heartless and all the others, the organization and everything. And I'm like listening to this is like, damn it, I want this so bad. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'm, I guess I'll be the be the negative Nancy and say that because it personally the Disney elements of Kingdom Hearts aren't my aren't what I'm really there for. I do like the Disney elements, but I'm more there for the Square elements and for the <clears throat> dramatic well, ass well, anime you, storytelling. Well, you know that the Square characters would be there as well, right? right exactly. Yeah, yeah, Garden and all that. Right. But uh, I do think that would be cool. I, I do like the idea of a an all-hands-on-deck final battle, like, where everyone's just, yeah. Or at least, you know, if they can't do that, I love the idea of an all-hands-on-deck final battle where everyone's cheering Sora on, and you get that super melodramatic, <laughs> you know, you're playing, and, and every character, you can hear him in his head, and he's, you know, they're cheering him on, and they believe in him, and that I would be so in for. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait. And, you know, I, I have to, you know, it's easy to make fun of the fact that this game has now been in development for something like a decade, and it really should not have been. But at the same time, I have to admit, it is clear where all this work has been going. Mm. Like, it looks graphically, it just looks so impressive, especially the Toy Story world. Like, even though that's not what was what the focus was and what was revealed here, the Toy Story world is really just impressing the hell out of me oh, with yeah. the, the way the characters look. That boss fight, too? Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely see like they weren't just sitting on their hands over that time. There's a huge amount of detail in those trailers, so it definitely will come. Hopefully, their effort will come through in the final product. I hope. Yeah, so. and oh, I do love that Ariel sum- uh, summon. By the way, I'm so glad she's like a cool looking summon, and not you know that that <laughs> makes me hope that Atlantica will not be making a return in Kingdom Hearts three. So yeah. I'd much rather have her as a cool water elemental summon than anything else. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Tom, what year was it where they f- showed off that trailer? I th- I'm sure you remember it because you remember me geeking out about that trailer when they first revealed it. I, I was going to ask, did, did you guys, did you come down <laughs> back to your chair oh. yet? Or, but no, I think that was like three years ago. <laughs> was it, has it been only three years? I, I, I couldn't remember. Three or four? It was, three or it was five or something like that. But yeah, like it, that's when they first announced it, announced it and it's still not quite out yet. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, maybe, yeah, it could be like four or five. I mean, same we've year gone that, to several in a row. Yeah, it was the same year Versus 13 became 15. That was a really intense, I love that Tony conference. That was such an intense, just, yeah, that was great. And and the, the energy in that room when the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer was revealed, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, 
as an outsider, Tom, <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. you've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Do you think it can actually come out in 2018? Uh, it's been so long. I think they have a pretty good chance at a winter window, but uh, I guess it becomes more obvious like how much they're pushing it at E3. I mean, you know, considering they got Final Fantasy 15 out, so it makes sense that that was out, you know, another year, and this is out this year. I think, um, yeah, I think it is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I, but, I think the understanding... Oh, so go ahead, Tom. Oh, uh, you can go, Ash. No, I was like, I think the understanding has been that Square is actually going to finally announce the official release date at E3. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that'd be where to do it, and then they have D23 to show off even more over the summer. And, uh, yeah, go nuts. I mean, the thing that kind of convinced me that it's probably going to hit this year, if not this year, then early next year, like really early, like February, um, is the fact that we did get the the theme song, you know? Like, yeah. that seems kind of final right right no i hear you and i i do i and my on my heart of hearts haha <laughs> i do think it is going to uh make this year however i would remind everyone that we are talking about the same company who who bought and paid for a countdown reveal event for final fantasy 15 and didn't make their date so you know we are talking about that same company so you never can really take it to the bank with square enix and release dates yeah that's for sure so <laughs> yeah we shall I, I w- see. <laughs> I will say I kind of regret all those years ago at my first E3 for just discounting this series when I thought having Mickey Mouse in a Square game was stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were you at the E3 where they announced the, the Kingdom Hearts originally? Yeah. I was, wow. too. Yeah. What was the reaction I like? The f- I- bewilderment, I think. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. Because <laughs> it, it was in that closed theater, right, Tom? That was back when Square had their closed theaters that you had to get in line for. I think I, I think I saw it at the show, but I wasn't there at like, the initial reveal. I think we just oh, okay. went to the Nintendo uh, free event because I was with Nintendo Joe at the time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But what, then it must have been Chain of Memories that you saw, right? Because there wouldn't, wouldn't have been a Kingdom Hearts game. Well, if he was at E3, he still would have heard about it, I'm assuming. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah no, just I was hearing there. about it at the show. Mm-hmm. Right, I gotcha. But yeah, I think my first E3 may have been that year where I got in line for the Square Enix Theater. Uh, back, it might have been Squaresoft back then, but uh, and they would you know show trailers to like a closed audience, and that was the like one of the first times they showed the first Kingdom Hearts one trailer, and I remember just being, "What is this? What are these cool anime looking characters?" But there's Disney, and whoa, okay, I'm I'm really into this, and yeah, and and basically from there on, I was just all about it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing it in a magazine and being like, uh, this is weird, but I'm down for it. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah, what's a magazine? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, so oh those good old days. All right, well, one final news piece for this week, and that's uh, Nintendo has announced a Splatoon 2 Starter Edition, uh, as well as a Pearl and Marina Amiibo. The Starter Edition is essentially just the, uh, the game with... A uh, hundred-page strategy guide giving tips on the game as, and it's basically the same price. It's just a way to get pe- new, more people to buy Splatoon Two. Which, sure, seems like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I don't have too much to say about this, only because I already have Splatoon Two, as as do you, Derek. And so the starter edition doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But it is cool that they're doing new Pearl and Marina amiibo. 
Yeah, I think I think people were pretty excited about those, uh, getting them in there as well, getting even more Splatoon support. And yeah, it, it's it's kind of cool how they have like a, people weren't sure about Pearl and Marina at first, but they've taken over. Like you know, nobody nobody really talks about the Squid Sisters as much anymore, which is a bit of a shame, but. I kind of felt it was more like people weren't sure about Pearl at first. I feel like Marina t- just took off in popularity immediately. That is true. <laughs> Sounds yeah, right. She did, right? Yeah. I feel like Pearl was kind of the one that, that people took a little lo- longer to warm up to. But I feel like now they're both kind of, like, appreciated by fans. Yeah, it seems like it. They, 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 they got their personalities out, which is really what was yeah. needed. Right. So yeah, If only the Amiibo kind of had their own little like holograms come out so you could have your own little Pearl and Marina concert. Uh. <laughs> I think that first concert actually happened where they had all four of them on the on stage singing together and uh, people were taking a look at the uh, Marina uh, hologram and apparently she really rocks out. Like she gets into it. Nice. I would yeah. love to see those. Like to <laughs> be, be one of those concerts in person because it reminds me of what they do with the Hatsune Miku concerts, one of which I've been to here in LA where they have the hologram uh, you know, presentation and everything, and it was so fun seeing that. I would love to do one of these live Splatoon Two concerts. It is amazing they can do that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and it's a bit less creepy with them than with people like Prince. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. A bit, little bit less. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they were never alive to begin with. This this is way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, not too much else to say, but I, th- I thought it's a clever of Nintendo to just sort of keep Splatoon in the spot- spotlight and uh, keep it coming. Yeah. So, yep. Well, that takes care of all the news topics for this week. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into our Patreon topics. And as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon. Get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as, as, well as offer up topics like the ones we have here. So, uh uh, Tom Ash, who would like to go first? Um, Tom, why don't you go first? Sure. Okay. Um, just before I go, I forgot one thing during the news. Um, last week I mentioned how I created that game, and I guess a bunch of you guys actually played the game, which I could tell from the analytics in Itch.io. So, uh, thanks for checking it out. Oh um, yeah, awesome! I'm glad they got the nice. Ch- yeah. Got the chance to thanks, do that. Guys. Yeah, appreciate it. So, but anyway, for the topic, I chose from Giffen61. He says, hi, Game Explain. This question is directed at Ash. But yeah, I chose it anyway. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, Yeah. I love that when I looked at which one you picked and you was like, this is directed at Ash. I was like, "Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the role with it. Did you continue and finish Devilman Crybaby? I loved it. It really surprised me and it stuck with me. I would like to hear what you think about it. Cheers, guys. Love the podcast and your work. And I picked this because I've seen three episodes, and I was talking to Ash before, and he said he's seen four episodes now. So what's surprising about this show, which is kind of funny for me, is that uh, I was trying to choose another show to watch on Netflix with my wife, and one of my friends said, watch Delman Crybaby, it's insane. (laughs) And so we watched it together, (laughs) and then we watched three episodes so far, but... uh, Oh, what? I, I guess I've uh, never met Yoshiko, yeah. but I never would have expected her to be into something like Devil Man Cry Baby. <laughs> uh, I guess she puts up with it, maybe. So <laughs> it just—it's kind of awkward when it gets to the. I guess there's now a new 
character that seems to be uh, like the blonde uh, devil who's kind of sexually frustrated. That's that's a bit awkward to have mm-hmm. those scenes. Oh but, uh, yeah, I know which, which character you're talking about. The girl with the giant wings in her head. Yeah, but you know the first episode that was just. You know, kind of crazy pace, and the second episode kind of slowed down a, a bit. But you know, it really, uh, I love the sort of the. Do you think it's a rotoscoped animation in it? But uh, so far, it's just you know another really unique anime that uh, I've been loving a lot. Just what are your what are your guys' feelings on it? Um, well, I'm watching it with uh, my wife as well, but what's funny in my case is that it was actually more her idea. Like, uh, yeah. we were looking for a new anime to watch, and, and I'd heard of it, and I was down with it, but I was like, oh, you know, let's see what you know what options there are, and I really want to watch Steinsgate. Like, that's high on my list, but yeah. my wife was like, you know, I've heard really cool things about Devilman Crybaby, and I'm like, you know, I've, yeah, I've heard really messed up, crazy things, so let's just watch it. And for, like, the first 15 minutes of the first episode, I'm like, oh, I mean, this is a little weird, a little messed up, and I'm not really sure what people are talking about. And then yeah. you get to the nightclub. Yes. <laughs> to the party. And then it becomes obvious. And I'm just yeah. like, okay. Because it was actually funny, too, because we watched the first episode late at night, and uh, my wife fell asleep just because she was really tired, had to get up for, for work the next morning. Uh, so she was like, oh, I'm so sorry I fell asleep. How was it? And I'm like, well... Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, as messed up as you think it is, it's about an 18. <laughs> and I'm not going to watch that again unless you're way, completely sure that you're going to be awake because I, it's not something I really need to go out of my way to watch again otherwise because it's just so messed up. But really, hugely entertaining because they, they go to places they, that you wouldn't expect them to, but yeah. they, they push the, the – they not only push the limits, but they just – blast them right away they're just like no what limits what no let's just go for it yeah i guess that's uh with me it's just like you know you expect something a bit weird but for it to be that way out there it's just you know you know surprising but in a good way so yeah uh, Mm -hmm. yeah something i'll remember for quite a while you guys haven't even seen anything yet yeah (laughs) i know and i right yeah i don't want to say anything yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything. I, I finished the series. I've put my thoughts out there. I think that's why they asked this directly at you, Ash, um, where I, I, I'm glad I watched it. Um, but it's also one of those things like I don't know if I liked at the end. <laughs> it's just but I don't regret watching it. It's, it's a weird feeling. Um, right. But I will say like. Wait till you get to episode six. <laughs> okay. There is a, like, you sort of have a formula with the first five episodes. That goes out the window <laughs> by episode right. six. And um, then, like, pff, you think what you saw was crazy in the, the first episode. <laughs> yeah. It is. Well, I got to say, yeah. Something else. But go ahead, Ash. I don't, I don't want to say too much about the fourth episode because Tom hasn't watched it yet. Yeah. But I will say that the end of the fourth episode was, like, the first part of the, of the show that, like, really hit me emotionally. Like, it, it kind of got me a little teary because it's really messed up and really sad what happens in the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and I know Derek knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it's just so screwed up on a completely different level. But it's a really effective storytelling. So I'm looking forward to, to finishing the rest. And, uh, yeah, prepare yourself for episode four. <laughs> All right. I yeah. I say prepare yourself for the final three episodes. <laughs> nice. If, right. if you cried then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. I do love emotionally resonant animes, so I'm yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I I will say though, if uh, just on a like completely other end of the spectrum, um, anime I've been watching this season uh, since I picked up a, a Verve account, uh, which gets me both um, Crunchyroll, Funimation, and a ton of other stuff like um, Nerdist and. Uh, uh, Rooster Teeth and stuff like that. Like I, I can watch your dad's uh, podcast now. <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, um, neat. But uh, there's an anime on there that's been airing this season that's complete opposite of Devil May Cry Baby. Just uh, thought these basically these girls who want to go to Antarctica. It's called A Place Further Than the Universe, and it is like you would think it's like, that's that's a weird concept of high school girls going to Antarctica. Like, what? Okay, what's that all about? But you watch it and. The girls are really relatable, and the funny thing is, we're six episodes in, and they still have not reached Antarctica yet. They really go, do go through the process of like what it takes for these girls to actually make it to uh, an expedition like that. And interesting, uh, it, it's 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 funny, it's real. Like there's a, it hits some interesting beats that I uh, I can relate to, especially when it comes to travel and the, once they start traveling. Uh, just in general, and I, I it's, it might be my favorite anime this season. It's it's really wow. gr- it's really uh, adorable, and I would recommend it if you're looking for just something light and fluffy and sort of raise your spirits after Devilman Creep Crybaby. <laughs> so, what was that one called again? It's called A Place Further Than the Universe. Okay, so it's uh, available on Crunchyroll. And yeah, uh, I'll look into that. Yeah. Yep. Did somebody say Devil May Cry Baby earlier? I, probably. <laughs> I think some people have made that mistake before. I swear they uh-huh. have. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. It's. I mean, it's basically begging to be made. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right, Ash. What about your topic? Is it one t- directed at Tom? <laughs> uh, no, actually. No, this, uh, this week's topic comes from Colin Sposto or Spasto. Uh, who says, hey, GX, I would like to know what your guys' top three favorite candies are. Uh, for me, it would have, or for you, it would have to be uh, M&M's, then Nerds, then Reese's Fast Break. Uh, P.S., I'm going to PAX East this year and was wondering if anyone from the GX crew will be there. So thank you so much for the question, Colin. I thought this was a fun, breezy one to answer this week. And uh, first of all, you're going to be disappointed because my list, at least in my answers, because my list looks very much like yours, actually. Uh, I've been kind of mulling it over, and I, I got to say... Number one for me might be M&M's as well. I, I'm particularly partial to peanut and uh, crispy M&M's as well as plain. So I do love M&M's. And then number two is probably Snickers for me, which isn't on your list. But then number three, deep cut and a really great candy bar, Reese's Fast Break. That's my number three as well. So you, Colin, sir, have fantastic taste in candy. <laughs> I'm amazed anybody else knows about Reese's Fast Break because that was a staple of me when I worked at retail because I would – the thing – I worked at a grocery store. So my whole th- thought with that was when I took breaks is I don't want to put my money back into this damn store. Screw this store. So I uh-huh. would go really cheap with um, breaks and lunches. So I, I had it figured out for a while where – uh, if I only worked a four-hour shift and uh, had a break, I would only spend a dollar. And if I worked a two-hour, uh, an eight-hour shift or a six-hour shift where I actually got a lunch, I'd only spend two dollars because I would get, um, I would get uh, the yakasoba things that you could d- deal in the mi- do in the microwave and oh, have yeah. one of those. And like, it's cheap, it's quick, fill you up, it'll do the trick on those lunch breaks. 
and uh, then like a fifty cent soda back in the like, back in the day to show how much cheaper things were for just those uh, twelve ounce twelve ounce cans, and then for regular breaks, let's be a fast break and and a soda. So yeah, uh, I I that's not my number one though. I'd probably put it. Eh, probably number two. Number one, pe- peppermint patties. I love peppermint patties to death. They're... Oh, see, you just changed the game. I forgot about York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to have to knock Reese's Fast Break off. Sorry, Reese's, but yeah, I love York peppermint patties, mm. so that's on my top three for sure. Yeah. Has, to, has to be the mini ones, though, because the bigger ones, they're good, but I think it has a little too much mint in it. The, the smaller ones have a nice ratio. No such thing. <laughs> too much mint how dare you <laughs> i'm just the way it goes it's the same way sort of yeah. with me and like regular reese's where the, i like the mini cups rather than the uh regular cups because again sure. the chocolate and peanut butter ratio is better but, fair enough yeah um <laughs> it's but a science yeah, it's a science yeah so peppermint patties uh, re- uh fast reese's fast break and number three would have to be oh man i'm trying to think what really hits the spot Twix. Hey, what? Oh, okay. I, I, I get really into like the. I don't have it too often, but Twix is really good. I love the way you started saying I get really into Twix. Like, <laughs> wait, like how does one get really into a candy bar? But I love that. I get really into Twix. Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Twix are great, though. You don't want to unwrap that, <laughs> right? What about you, Tom? Okay, well, I, I, with Colin, yeah, I do remember having nerds a lot as a kid. That was a real staple from going down to 7-Eleven. Uh, so are we allowing chocolate bars in this, or does that have to be a candy? Oh. No, anyway. no I, I think chocolate. I put Snickers in mine, so. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, so anyway, one of the candies I liked the most was Double Bubble. Maybe it was the comic, or maybe it was oh, the, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. drying up and cutting my gums but, uh, <laughs> i would always get one from the barber i like those uh number two uh that would be a caramel bar but it has to be a frozen or like cooled chilled caramel bar uh mm. just so it lasts a bit longer and um for number one you know i don't know if this is i guess this might not be a candy but it's basically like a bar I love uh, Cliff Bars recently. I mean, you can get like a one with a whole bunch of sugar on top of it, like icing sugar. I mean, that's basically right. a candy. And yeah. it's, it's something I like when I go in on runs and stuff. So that's an actual useful <laughs> candy that uh, I'm going to go with for my number one right now that I probably have the most often. Cliff bars are good. I actually, for me, they're really hit or miss. But I, I used to eat one of those chocolate or like the chocolate peanut butter Cliff bar. Cliff yeah. bars like often, and yeah. probably not you know for the best. Like I would have them like you know as a light breakfast. But of course they're not light at all because they're dense and packed with carbs. <laughs> so I, I stopped that after a while. But still, they are really good. I yeah, never had I, one. Oh, we gotta get you one at E3. <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Yeah, <laughs> I like the oatmeal one the most, and I would say okay. that the. I think it's cool mint chocolate. That one's kind of like, bleh, especially when. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not the biggest fan of that one. I, I also do have to give a special shout out. I was thinking I got to give a special shout out to Cadbury cream eggs because oh, they're yes. awesome. I love Cadbury cream eggs. They're so good. Yeah, those are good as well. I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, there's one I really, uh, Charleston Chew, specifically the strawberry one. Those are really good as well. Uh, also, just as a random candy bar that I, I love and I don't think anybody really knows that much about, whatchamacallit. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I've actually had that recently. I've never had one. I always saw it and would never eat it. But I was like, eh, let's just try it. It was good. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Just a- shout out. Oh, I was oh. going to say a quick shout out to uh, After 8 Minutes and uh, Pocky. No, oh, yeah. Pocky. Hell yeah. Yeah. All kinds of flavors. Pocky's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, did you say whether or not you're going to PAX East? Uh, oh, right. We didn't answer that. So, I don't know yet. Uh, I hope I am, but I don't. I don't really know yet uh, if I'm going, and if I do go, I'm not sure in what capacity I'm going. So I would love to go with Andre and Derek and just kind of do the whole thing, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make that work with my full-time job. So mm-hmm. still on the fence about it. I don't know, but if I can get over there, I definitely will. I'm not sure I'm not sure if Andre is going to PAX East or not. I, oh, okay. I, I, I'm honestly not sure. I think unless okay. something big is announced, he's probably not. But especially since I'm over there, and especially since I don't go to PAX Prime since you guys are over there to cover it. So I'm not right. sure if he'll make the yeah. trip. Um, as far as me, I, I am going. I still need to figure things out. Like, I haven't got a hotel or made travel plans yet, so I probably I'll should do that soon. Probably <laughs> yeah. should get on that. Maybe. Yeah. Just perhaps. So just a unless, bit. Unless you like two-star hotels. <laughs> no parking. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, I I know some uh, some other people that are going. I might talk with them and just try to room up and like get something. So, um, try to do that. So yes, I'm probably going to be at Paxi's because Nintendo's probably going to have something Switch related there that it probably I'm saying probably a lot, but probably should cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably. probably. <laughs> so I can probably. <laughs> See myself uh, doing another fan meetup if I'm there on like Saturday or Sunday, depending on what works best. That I way, would love to do that again if I'm there as well with you. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we had fun the first time. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I went again since that one time though. We did it that one time and then I think I skipped Pax East two years in a row after that. Right. Oh well. But yep, yeah, should be going. Uh, you're going, Tom. I don't uh, think so, right? I might be going to GDC Ooh. in March. Oh, okay, nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a chance to visit Andre down there and also my brother uh, maybe during the weekend beforehand or something. Uh, so that should be pretty fun, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've never been to GDC, nice. but that sounds right down your alley. Yeah, if you there's love... A, oh, yeah, you go, Ash. Uh, there's a small chance I might be there, so if so, I will let you know. All right, excellent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with GDC, if you love sitting down and hearing game developers talk, it's a place to be. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And and trying uh, new uh, all sorts of new games too. I guess that's that's part. Of it. Yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> it's definitely more of a developer focused conference. It's not. It's not a fan facing event no, no, by definitely. any means. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it's, uh, Game development conference. It's not gamers and developers yeah. conference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Bit of a difference there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, for my topic, I chose James, who says, uh, right now I only own a Switch. I've been thinking about buying a PS4, and what games would you recommend for someone who has only ever owned Nintendo systems? And I decided to go to my uh, little list of games I have on the PS4 and like, what would somebody like that they couldn't really experience on the Switch or they might not have tried otherwise? And oh boy, (laughs) I'm sure you're the same way, Ash. It's like, boy, there's so much we can recommend. Totally. 
Yeah, I've been making a little list as we've been, you know, going along with the podcast. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you are really so well served with both the Switch and the PS4 because then you really cover all the bases. You know, you really, you don't really need a, an Xbox One as well or both a PS4 and an Xbox One. I feel like with PS4 and Switch, you're covering every base. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm just going to go down. I'm not going to list it all off, but we'll, go, well, we can trade off Ash. And uh, do you have a P- PlayStation 4, Tom? Uh, I don't have a PlayStation 4, but I usually see my friend a lot with one. I do have three recommendations. I make up a lot for it with uh, having a PC. Ah, yeah. A lot of games get out of that that might not be on Switch. Yeah. Well, what are your recommendations just offhand? So I don't double up uh, to steal yours. Okay. <laughs> well, I had this one, the import version uh, on the PlayStation 3, but uh, Yakuza 0. Oh, I, I heard really good things that. about the Yakuza series. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's too bad for me. I kind of burnt out on it by the time <laughs> uh, that one came along, and that one's one of the better ones. But uh, uh, that's like a prequel to the series, so you don't need to know as much as what happened later, although like it's kind of neat to see. It's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, I believe Gang Beast is out now on PlayStation 4. That's one I have. That's a multiplayer brawler where you punch or grab by holding LRR and other people and you can like pick them up and throw them kind of like wrestling uh, just a hilarious physics based brawler that's great for uh, multiplayer gatherings and um, I guess the last one for me would just be Street Fighter 5 there's no Street Fighter on Switch uh, depends like I only recommend this one though if you have friends that are into Street Fighter if not I wouldn't worry about it but yeah, those are my three recommendations. <laughs> and the arcade edition nice. is out, which is nice. Yeah, it's got all the new uh, characters and stuff. Yeah, I was actually going to say, before you went uh, went into that, Tom, I, if you're going to get into Street Fighter V and if you're going to get into a fighting game on PS4, this there's never been a better time to get into Street Fighter V. Like, it obviously yeah. had a really rocky launch, a pretty rough first you know year, two years, but Capcom really actually has righted the ship in this case, and it's really the best it's ever been now. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. Uh, the fighter I'd recommend, of course, is Dragon Ball Fighters, but it, it depends of if you're course. into Dragon Ball or not. <laughs> I mean, you can still get yeah. the, the spectacle of it, but you'll definitely get more out of it if you're a Dragon Ball fan. But hey, other people have become Dragon Ball fans because they enjoyed the game, so that might be down your alley as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I've not played it myself, but I've heard a lot of people really enjoy this, and if you're a Nintendo fan, you might have played the Phoenix Wright series. Uh, so in this, in that same vein, there's uh, Danganronpa, uh, which has hmm. one the combination of one and two plus the third one is out uh, as well as its own release. So you might be interested in those games if you like that. Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard yeah. really good things about it. It's a graphic novel series, right? Or yeah. Like a graphic adventure, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, I think it's like part mystery, part graphic novel, part Phoenix Wright, like courtroom stuff. Like it's, I've, I've, I have it, I've been meaning to play it, I just haven't had a t- chance to actually do it. Yeah, one of my best friends just finished playing uh, Danganronpa V3, and he said it was phenomenal. He just loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think you already know what my first recommendation is going to be. I absolutely insist you buy Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Insist. <laughs> if, you even, if you like Breath of the Wild even a little bit, you have to get Horizon Zero Dawn. And there's never been a better time because they have the complete edition now, whatever whatever they're calling it, the Game of the Year edition, complete edition. It comes with the uh, the Frozen Wilds DLC, which I have to go back and play because I have finished the main game but not uh, played the DLC. So Horizon should be at the absolute top of your list. Um, 
Of course, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the game I did just finish, uh, Near Automata. That game, ooh, so good. Uh, <laughs> the storytelling in that game and the way it subverts your expectations of video game storytelling, it's, uh, it's an emotional ride, but worth every second. So that's an easy recommendation. Um, and of course, this one's kind of obvious. I'm sure you would have said this, Derek, too. Uncharted everything. You know, the oh. Uncharted <laughs> Nathan Drake collection. If you like adventure, you know, if you like Hollywood action-style, big set-piece, you know, adventure games... You can't go wrong with the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection and Uncharted Four. So, uh, if you but although if you do go down that road and decide to try them, and also actually Uncharted Lost Legacy. Now that I think about it, if you go down that road though, do play them in order because it's not the kind of game or series where you can kind of play them out of order and get as much out of it. So definitely, like even if one is the worst in the series, and it probably has age the worst out of them all, still play it and like play them sequentially because you'll get so much more out of the storytelling. You could you could start with two, I think, and still enjoy you the think series. So? I think you could. Like you might not get all the ins and outs, especially for mm-hmm. Solly and Nathan. But I think you'd get enough that you'd be okay with it. Um, it'd be rough to go back to one though, because two just is such an improvement over one. Two, yeah, two is so much better. I think the main thing you lose out with, and if you don't play one, is kind of the the basis and kind of the background for Nate and Elena's relationship mm-hmm. and then kind of how that's carried over into two. And of course that becomes such an important running plot point that, you know, I, I kind of like seeing how that all started, but I agree. It's probably not crucial that you do if you just want to start with yeah. two, which is one of the best in the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just for other, like, since I'm not sure what you enjoy as much, like if you enjoyed, um, Hyrule Warriors and like the the Warriors types games. I can't recommend uh, Dragon Quest Heroes and Heroes Two enough. I think they're excellent versions of those games that have uh, a little bit more to them. I think and just they, they, there's a bit more. Um, there's a lot of extra stuff that makes it still still feel like Dragon Quest, uh, which might be good if Dra- we have once we actually get Dragon Quest Eleven. And that's not we're not sure if we're going to get the Switch version of that or not. Um, Otherwise, hey, we've been talking about Kingdom Hearts. You can get the entire series on this game, on this system. So get Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5, and then Kingdom Hearts 2.8, and you have the entire series in two in two purchases. Good to go there. Uh, smaller games I would highly recommend: Odin Sphere, Left Light, uh, Left Riser. I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> it's German, I think. Great recommendation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, is it true? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Lufthrazer. I thought yeah. it was like like Leafthrazer or Razor. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> something it? like that. <laughs> yeah. All um, I know is I uh, I tried to talk to Rami Ismail one time and said how much I liked uh, his game. Like they had a game Leafthrazers or something like that, and he corrected me on the uh, pronunciation, and I I've forgotten that at this point. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I've nice. done that a few times myself. Uh, and also Valkyria Chronicles. Um, if you're interested in that game further, I once I finish either Paper Mario or. Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn as far as my streams. Um, whichever one's first, I'm not quite sure which one's going to end first. I'm actually going to be playing through Valkyria Chronicles, so if you're not sure about that one, you can take a look at the stream and get an idea. Cannot recommend it enough, though. It's so, it is so good. And, of course, you got the other high-profile games, like Persona 5 is good, Resident Evil 7 is good, the Tomb Raider remakes are excellent, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to come out and say that uh, even though it's pretty divisive for, for valid reasons, I'm going to come right out and recommend Final Fantasy 15. I sank over 100 hours into it, and despite its problems, I had a really good time with it. Mm-hmm. So if you have any interest in checking out you know, the latest Final Fantasy, it's got problems, but uh, I, I still had a really good time with it. So that, um, if the idea of, like, you know, it's funny, I don't like first-person shooters or stealth at all. They're 
two of my least favorite things in gaming is first-person shooting and stealth sequences. However, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, and also Deus Ex Human Revolution, but it's not on PS4, are both so good. They're such great games. So if you have any interest at all in, like, a first-person... It kind of switches between first and third person, depending on what you're doing, but a kind of a stealth-oriented type action game... I can't recommend it highly enough. And my last recommendation for now will be um, if you have any interest in rhythm games like Japanese music games and are cool with like hyper anime music games, <laughs> uh, Hatsune Miku Project Diva Future Tone is a really good purchase because it's got like 240 songs and it's you can't get more bang for your buck than that in any music series. So if you like the idea of rhythm games at all, Project Project Diva Future Tone, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you want just Final Fantasy games beyond 15 that you might not have had a chance to try yet, um, you can get 7 and 9 on the on the yeah. uh, um, the PSN. So I'm trying to PlayStation it. Store. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation Store. Uh, as well as uh, re- um, remastered versions of 10, 10, 2, and 12. So. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, definitely, if you have any interest in Final Fantasy, I would, you know... 10 is my favorite in the series, actually, so definitely look into 10 and 10-2 Remaster. And uh, in my opinion, the PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII, because some of the the quality of life features it adds, it's easily the best version of the, of the game to play mm-hmm. today. And 9 so, has a lot of yeah. those features as well, so... Right, right. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I uh, mean, that, there's more I could recommend, but I don't want to talk you off. You were going to say something, Tom? Well, I was going to say, interesting that uh, nobody recommended Metal Gear Solid Five or, uh, like, Shadow of the Colossus or anything like that. Oh, right. Yeah, the Shadow, right, Shadow of the Colossus is a great... I think because it just came out, the remake. Yeah, that remake yeah, would be a too new God. in our minds. Yeah. yeah. No, like, seriously, Shadow of the Colossus is one of the best games of all time, like, bar none, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's every bit as groundbreaking and as emotionally resonant as you've heard, so... Go if you haven't played Shadow of the Colossus, which it doesn't sound like you have. That's an easy recommendation, and I haven't even played the remake, and I know it's an easy recommendation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same with Last of Us. If you want to get, you know, true more serious Last side of, us of Remastered. Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah, I would say the Last of Us Remastered is great. Or La- yeah, Last of Us. Just if you decide to play it, go into it just like knowing it's a really dark, depressing story. Like it's it's brutally sad that game, but it's still <laughs> great. So uh, there's something else I was going to say. What was it? Uh, Oh, well, there is a new God of War coming out pretty soon. I personally am not a big God of War fan, but there is that coming soon. That's a pretty big, you know, high-profile release. Yeah, but, and uh, that one, I think, I don't think you'll need to have any of the previous knowledge of old God of War games to get into that one. It doesn't seem like it, so yeah, you'll be able to get to it pretty pretty easily. Because I think the only God of War game before that is, is on PS4 is God of War 3, and that's a bad one to start with. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just so story-related <laughs> to what came right. before. So. And kind of actually, MGS5 has the opposite problem. I'm a big Metal Gear Solid fan. I play the entire series except for 5 because I just I haven't gotten around to it, but also what I know of the problems in terms of the storytelling and how they really drop the ball on the, on the narrative front. And to me, that's what Metal Gear Solid kind of mostly is. So, yeah, I mean, I, the game itself is supposed to be fantastic. So if you want to play a really good stealth action game, it's apparently fantastic, but I just the story apparently you know they really dropped the ball on that, and that's kind of what I'm there for. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. So you know, there is about what 20, 25 games to recommend. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll yeah. set you up for hundreds of gaming hours. So, God, it's like you got fifteen hundred dollars on you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you'll you'll not be uh, wanting not for be options. <laughs> yeah, no, 
the PS4 has a fantastic library. You've made a great choice. Um, I, like I said before, I think with the, with the Switch and PS4, you are set up for the best possible, you know, breadth of games you could play this generation. Yeah, agreed. So... Cool. Well, I think that about covers it for our, all of our uh, Patreon topics. So, as always, thank you guys so much for listening each and every week. And if you guys want to support us on Patreon, it's only $1 a month. You get these uh, podcasts uh, three days early every Friday, as well as offering up topics like the ones we had here. And, uh, yeah, next week we'll dive into episode 95, and we hope to see you guys there. Till then, guys. Bye. Bye.